Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. It's been with you since the beginning of time, planted before you even knew and woven into the fabric of your existence. You were born for such a time as this. Can you feel it springing forth? We will delight in the good and we will pioneer to the best that is ahead. Together we are pioneers. Together we will take ground. Together we will reach out, building something greater than any have ever seen. This is how we will leave a legacy. Let's give God a big hand, huh? How about, uh, man, um, hey, real quick, come on, let's go ahead and welcome all of our locations, all of our campuses, everybody watching online, tuning in online. So glad that you're with us today. Now, look, before we get started, I need to remind everyone about a very important policy that we have here at Celebration on Sunday morning. Uh, we do not talk about college football, okay? I just want to... I'll let y'all know that, you know, me being an LSU grad, an LSU fan, I just want to need to remind everyone we don't talk about college football on Sunday until LSU beats Bama and then the curse will be lifted. Okay, so anyway, we're so glad that you're joining us today and uh, man, we want to, do y'all enjoy when we kind of share with you guys some of those stats, some of the numbers, some of the fruit going on around them? You know, sometimes it's, it's, those numbers are kind of overwhelming, but when you think that behind every number is, is a person, is a, is, is a soul. And uh, I just want to thank so many of you who serve, who give, and uh, I want to let you know that uh, your serving and your giving and your prayers and your faithfulness are making a huge, huge difference. Um, you know, we even, we try to be conservative on, uh, on those salvation numbers, um, even like our attendance, I mean, they take a picture. Don't worry, we're not doing anything with pictures of you. I mean, we, 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 we try to be conservative uh, with our numbers. But just to let you know, you know, numbers are important because they represent a person. And a lot of times, in, in fact, I'm going to talk about this uh, very parable today. But, um, you know, when the, 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 the sheep went wandering, the, the sheep got astray, you know, and Jesus said, okay, I'm gonna leave the 99 and, and go after the one sheep that got astray. You know, the, the most important principle in that whole story is that Jesus knew there were exactly 100 sheep. And so think about it, as they were coming back in, he knew that one was missing. Listen, every single person, every single number, every single soul matters to God. And it matters what we do. And uh, so, so when we're talking about this series, Legacy, so, so, so this is kind of like um, our series where as we start moving towards the end of the year, we really talk about, um, 
you know, not only who God's called us to be, but the impact that he's called us to have, what he's called us to deposit in our cities and, and in our communities and, and what he's, how he's called us to build uh, his kingdom. And uh, what we do every year is we have a special heart for the house offering. It's always on the first Sunday of December. And so what I'm asking each and every one of you to do is, is pray about bringing your very best financial gift on, uh, on that first Sunday in December. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a real, uh, it's, it's a time for our church where we pray. Listen, I'm not asking you for money. Well, I am, but this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to pray and ask God what he wants you to give in that offering, okay? If God tells you nothing, then don't give anything. But everything that we do here at Celebration, you know, we're not part of, we're, we're part of the Association of Related Churches, but you know, every single thing, the church in Zimbabwe, the church down in Orlando, all the buildings you see, all the stuff, did you know that this has all been built by the sacrificial prayers and financial gifts? of our church and, um, and God, and you have a part to play in it. So it's very, very important. So every year, this is over and above your regular tithe and offering. Pastor Robert talked about that last week, but I really want you to pray about it, man. And we're gonna show you over these next few weeks. I mean, we have some, wow. You talk about some opportunities. You talk about some things that God has opened some doors to. You guys are gonna be blown away. And uh, I'm gonna be sharing those things next Sunday, okay? I'm gonna get into that next Sunday and we're gonna, a big, big surprise next Sunday with some news I'm gonna share with you guys, man. You're gonna be so fired up. But uh, today what I wanna do is I wanna talk about kind of the why behind the what and, and what, you know, why we expand and who God has called us to be and why we do church the way that we do it. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to uh, Luke. Gospel of Luke chapter 15. And uh, so in chapter 15, what we have is, we have the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. The lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Now watch, these aren't three parables. I'm gonna read you this in just a second. This is one parable with three aspects explaining the same thing, okay? Luke chapter 15, it says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. How about that right there? Tax collectors and notorious sinners. You can chill, that, that piano's kind of put me in a tranquil, I don't know what it's, I don't know what, it, it's very serious and sombering, all right? Okay, okay, we're good. So anyway. Let me tell you something, man. This is how I train these young guys. They gotta know how to flow. He'll be back. Listen, uh, <laughs> Look, Luke chapter 15, I just want you to think about this. Listen, think about this. 
tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came, listen, listen, often came to listen to Jesus teach. Not just sinners, notorious sinners. Like people that were famous for sin. Like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, these are really bad. Look, they often, everybody say often. They often came to hear Jesus teach. So where did Jesus teach? The synagogues. He taught out on the mountains and he would, he would have like these, the, you know, the Sea of Galilee and he would have basically like these church services and watch. The people that came and felt welcome at those church services were notorious sinners, the bad of the bad, people famous for doing wrong, all right? Very, very important, okay? It goes on to say, this made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law, everybody say religious. Religious law made the, uh, uh, the, the, the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So right off the bat, watch this, right off the bat, do you see that Jesus and religion have two very different ideas about what church is and how church should be done? Do you see that? Okay, so watch this. So Jesus told them this story. This is one story, three aspects. So he talks about, I'm gonna read it real quick. Are y'all good with reading the Bible today? All right, you got your Bibles, you got your Bible on your iPhone, okay? If you're looking at your iPhone, I'm assuming you got God's word out on it and you're not texting somebody on social media. Look, so Jesus told them the story, look, if a man has 100 sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I found my lost sheep. In the same way, look, in the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who were righteous and haven't strayed away. Look, here's the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has, sent, has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and then sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call her friends and her neighbors, and she'll get them all together. She'll say, rejoice with me. I, I found my money, so we can go shopping at the town center. No, she says, rejoice. Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. Look, look, look. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Let me tell you what Jesus is about. He's about reaching and rejoicing. Reaching and rejoicing. He's about including not excluding. He's demonstrating the heart of Father God right here. And he goes on and he says, uh, gives the parable of the lost son, okay? So verse 11, to illustrate this point further, in other words, look, Jesus wants to drive this home. Church, if there's anything that we need to understand about the heart of God, is God's heart for people God's heart for the lost, God's heart for, for humanity, and, and the links that God is willing 
to go for one person to come back and be in right relationship with him. To illustrate this point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, father, hey, give me my share of your estate now before you die. It's nice son. Give me my, very selfish there. Look, give me uh, my share of the estate before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant, distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Can anybody relate? Can anybody, anybody ever wasted some money, time, energy, and all that in some wild living? What, did y'all grow up in church? Who, who are you people? What did you know? My wife, she grew up in church. She's like, no, I, I don't know anything about that. Like, listen, I grew up in wild living, okay? If, you, if there was a, if there's a, a, you go in the dictionary, wild living, there, were, there was a picture of me there, okay? So, I'm just so glad God saved me. A couple of weeks ago, it's been awesome. Okay, so. Look at this, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He began to starve. Remember this, sin is fun for a season. If you don't think sin's fun for a season, you just hadn't done it well enough, okay? But listen, sin, it, watch, it's fun for a season, but oh, the pain it will bring you in the end. And remember this, the devil will always keep you longer than you want to stay and cause more pain and harm than you want to happen. He began to starve. It it wasn't so good. Look, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough to spare. And here I'm dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Notice this, he's talking to himself. He's preaching to himself. You know, sometimes if you find yourself in a pit and in a bad situation, you need to silence the voice and the thoughts in your mind, and you need to start preaching God's word to yourself. I love this. Look at it says. It says when he when he uh, it says verse twenty. It says so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned both against heaven, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. 
Come on, don't, don't bring that skinny calf up in here. Get that big old fat calf out there. The calf we have been found, look, we must celebrate. We must. Everybody say we must. This is God. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. I'm gonna to talk to you about God's heart for you and kind of who we are as a church and why we do things the way we do here at Celebration and what God has called us to bring or deposit or leave a legacy or expand here in the Jacksonville community and around the world. And I've entitled this message, The Happiest Place on Earth. And it ain't Disney. Because anywhere you go, if you gotta pay $8 for a bottle of water, that ain't a happy place. Where you at, parents? You can show me Mickey Mouse all you want. As soon as I'm paying $8 for a bottle of water, my happiness is tanked. My kid's like, Dad, I'm thirsty. I'm like, y'all better go find a hose somewhere. You ain't paying no $8 for water. The happiest place on earth. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, for these next few moments, God, I just pray, I pray, I pray. Lord, I pray that you would silence the voice of the enemy in every mind. And Lord, right now, through your word, they would hear your voice and see your heart for them and for people. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. This is real interesting. Listen to this. This is the latest study, okay? Latest study survey. 70% of people in the United States of America say that they are generally unhappy. 70%. That's a lot of people. And I bet you in a room this big and at all of our locations, I bet you that there's many of you, and if you're honest, 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 you'd say, you know what? I'm generally unhappy. And it's amazing when you talk about happiness in the church, it's kind of like, hey man, that's like a shallow, isn't that kind of like a shallow subject? Like, 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 like as Christians, we understand joy, but we kind of put joy in that category with like peace, like, yeah, you know, like even though my life is miserable, I've got this kind of, you know, eternal joy and peace on the inside. And that's awesome, and, 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 and God gives us peace, and he gives us joy, and that joy comes from the finished work of Jesus and God being on the inside of us. But what I wanna tell you today is that, listen, God wants you happy, not just to have joy, but he also wants you happy. And it's amazing how many people, like, we don't even put God and happiness in the same sentence. You know why? Because here's what we say. I'm not happy with myself, so God must not be happy with me. I'm not happy with me. God's not happy with me. And the thing is, as believers and followers of Christ, I feel like we, we, we're, we have a misunderstanding about happiness. There's three types of happiness, okay? First of all, there's happiness for the wrong reasons. In other words, you're doing something it might be fun now, but, but you're, you're, 
You're, you're trying to base your happiness on the wrong things or the wrong reasons. Then there's where I believe most Christians are. And that's this, happiness for the right reasons. In other words, if these earthly circumstances will line up, I'm gonna be happy in this earth. So I need for this to be fixed and I don't want this problem anymore and I need to make this much amount of money and I need this type of job and I need this person just out of my life and I need. <laughs> and many times those are good reasons. You wanna provide for your family. You know, they're, they're good happiness for the right reasons. But can I tell you, there's a higher plane of happiness and that's the happiness that Jesus is talking about and that's this, happiness for no reason. Happiness for no reason. And what I mean by that is happiness for no earthly reason, but a happiness based on your understanding of how much God loves you, who you are in Christ, what you really have, and who you really are. You're able to be, come on, you can clap there. Clap, clap. And this is, watch this. People say, well, you know, where does, where does God, you know, happiness is not in the Bible. Oh, yes, it is in the Bible. Let me read it to you right here. Let me, let me get these texts out of the way. Despair over LSU's loss. Okay, here's the. Look, look watch this. Listen, chapter five, Matthew. Don't, don't go there. Just let me read you a, a, a few because many of you know this is Jesus preaching. Okay, this is the Beatitudes. This was a church service. So it was one of these situations. Once again, there's all kind of people there. The notorious sinners are there, and Jesus is teaching this. And he, he says, look, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for theirs shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on. How many of you have, have heard that? For You're kind of familiar with, with, with the Beatitudes. It's kind of a famous sermon of Jesus. Here's what you might not know. That word blessed in the Greek is makarios. And you know what it means? It means happy. But it doesn't just mean happy. And this is why when Jesus preached this message to common people, they were blown away. Makarios was a Greek word for happiness that was only reserved for the gods or Caesars, okay? There had to be some type of divinity involved. In, in other words, because people have problems and people hurt and we're human, so they couldn't, humans can't be Makarios. That's reserved for Zeus and the gods and the Caesars and the kings. Only those people can be, or, or those divine beings, only they can have true happiness, Makarios. So here comes Jesus on the scene to just everyday people, and he starts saying, Makarios are you. Makarios for you. He's using a word that was only reserved for the gods, and he's telling people that they can be happy. And what Jesus is saying is this, he's beginning to preach these truths of the kingdom. And what he's saying is, look, 
You don't, the happiness is not for definitely not in the wrong reasons. True happiness is not even when you want happiness for the right reasons. But there's a happiness that I want to give you when you come into my kingdom, when you realize who you are, how much I love you. That I, I'm talking. You, you can enjoy your life. Jesus is saying, I, you're going to have this happiness that they said is only reserved for the gods. No, this happiness is for you. God wants you happy. And this is what takes us now to this story of the prodigal son here. And I just wanna unpack a, 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 a few things for the prodigal son, okay? So watch this, here's what I love about this story, okay? The son goes out, he gets all crazy. Come on, fist bump somebody near you and say, he got all crazy, he got all crazy. He got all crazy. We've all gotten crazy. Before he went out, he got all crazy. Then he came to his senses. And listen, some of you today, at all of our locations, you're gonna come to your senses. And you're gonna come back to God because you're gonna realize how much God loves you. And you're gonna realize that how much of whatever you've wasted in your sin and your shame, that, listen, none of that matters to God. All that matters to God is that you come home. It's all that matters. Now, now let me take this where we're heading the next few weeks in this legacy series. Listen, I know we all have stuff we all have a lot going on, we're all busy and all that, but what I need you to do is to focus on what really matters. You know what matters to God? Is that lost people come home. And there has to be a house of God, a Father's house, a campus, a new location over there. There has to be a house that is designed like Jesus is talking about, where anyone from any type of whatever walk of life, crazy sin, whatever's going on in their lives, they can come in and they can feel loved and accepted by the Father. Because I'll tell you what the Father's about. We're, we're about a lot of things. You know what the Father's about? He's about reaching and then rejoicing. Reaching and then rejoicing. So imagine this, right? So the son starts to come home. Here's what I love. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even get to the front yard. The Bible says while he was still a long way off, the father saw him. You know what that tells me? Every single day, that father would come out of his house and he would come And he'd just wait. And he'd just wait. You think about your son, your daughter. You, and he's just waiting. He's just waiting. Listen, God is so patient. He's still waiting on you. He hadn't left you anywhere. He's waiting. And he was looking. Can you imagine the road and then the, the day all of a sudden? But 
here comes his son. And the Bible says the father, watch, not the son, the father ran. Listen, God is running after you. He ran. Am I running out of camera room here? Look at this thing. It's like a spaceship. Sometimes I feel like this thing's going to come out and laser beam me in the eye. The father. But just imagine, I'm trying, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm tr just create, I'm create the scene with me here. Think of, he doesn't know where he is. Is he dead? What is he doing? Here he comes. The father runs. He runs down. Watch this. Before, remember the son's rehearsed sermon? It was a good one, remember? Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. Okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna say I'm sorry and I'm gonna repent and I'm gonna just make me a servant. You know, he had his whole rehearsed sermon and it was a good one. He preached himself into returning, okay? Before he ever got one word out, before he ever said, I'm sorry, before he ever repented, the father ran out there and hugged him and kissed him. Listen, listen. God's house is always a place of embrace. No matter where you've come from, no matter what you did last month or last week or last night, listen to me. God's house is a place of embrace for Father God. That's why, watch. That's why, what, what is what, what, the word worship in the Hebrew? You, you know what it means? To kiss. What did the father do? He came, he hugged him. He kissed him. See, a lot of times when we come into the, God's house, we come into church, we, it's our father's house. We come in and watch. We rejoice over God. We're, we're, we're stretching out to God. Can I tell you, more, much, much more than that, God's rejoicing over you. He's reaching down to you. He wants you in his presence. He rejoices over you. See, here's what, here's what that embrace means. God's that, that embrace, that, that hug. Remember this, God's place is a place, place of embrace. How many of you would agree with me that in our big city in North Florida, I mean, we have a, a 1.4 million just in the Jacksonville area. Think of Orlando. We just uh, launched a church down there. We're, we're launching a, 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 a church in Fort Lauderdale next year. We've got two or three more campuses that we're about to do here. Watch, watch. How many of you would agree with me that there needs to be more places of embraces? Because you know what's important to God? Reaching and rejoicing. Reaching and rejoicing. So this is what I love, okay? So look, that, what does that represent? What does that embrace represent? It represents acceptance. It represents acceptance. Don't ever forget that God accepts you right where you are for who you are. Listen, he loves you. He accepts you. This is the grace of God. Do you understand? Jesus died on the cross over 2,000 years ago. 
Okay, that song we just, just sang. He proved his love for us. He has paid, I'm gonna butcher it, don't look. He, he's paid the highest price. He's proven his love for us. Here's what that means. So, so that's why you don't ever judge your current or past circumstances. Don't ever judge God's love for you based on your current or past circumstances. Always be, judge God's love for you based on what Jesus did on the cross over 2,000 years ago. While, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is a place, look, look, church, the Father's house, it's a place of acceptance. The notorious sinners came. The, the ones famous for evil. Church, listen, we're never gonna be a place. If we are doing church like Jesus wants church done, if we are a true father's house, guess what? People are gonna be in this place and they're gonna be messed up and they're gonna be jacked up. And this is where we want them. We're not gonna look the same, we're not gonna act the same. Not gonna dress the same. You got people, I mean, you know, no telling what people wearing. I mean, I've seen it all at the altar. I mean, everything, I've seen too much at the altar sometimes. I, Why in the world would you expect someone to act like a Christian when they don't even know who Jesus is? They don't even know what the Bible says. Man, this is, this is, this is church. It's a messy place. It's raw humanity. Come on, it's Walmart. I need to bring you into Walmart with me right there. You know, I mean, Walmart, whenever I just need a dose of raw humanity, I'm going to Walmart, baby. I'm going to Walmart. Go up in there. I mean, where else can like someone, you walk by, you look in a grocery cart, they got like milk, eggs, a pallet of sod, some oil, you know, vegetables, you know, Walmart, man. Always, there's always a good, look, forget paying that, that $29.95 for the MMA fights. You go to Walmart for two hours, you're gonna witness two or three good fights. But this, listen, listen, church, here's what I'm trying to say. This is what God does. This is the Father's house. The Father is waiting for people to come and he runs them, he runs to them, he embraces them, he kisses them, he welcomes them. This is where they're supposed to be. And then here's what I love. I love what it says this, watch this. Then he says this, the Father says this, quick. Everybody say quick. He says this, quick, quick, hurry up, get, 
get a robe on my boy here. Get a robe on, in other words, I don't want him to feel any more dirt or shame. I don't want him to feel for one more second like he doesn't belong with me. Get a robe, you know what a robe represents? Righteousness. It always represents righteousness. God was like, quick, I don't want him to feel condemned. I don't want, uh, quick, 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 hurry. Get the robe on him, the family robe, so that he knows right now in his state, he is in right relationship with me. What is righteousness? It is right relationship with God. See, God is not about religion. He's about a relationship. And when you say yes to Jesus, I'm telling you, God puts the robe on you. And you're righteous. Here's why you're righteous. Give me a little space. Give me a little. Here's why you're righteous. Watch. It's not anything you've done or haven't done. You're right. This is the gospel. Okay, this is what we preach, okay? Jesus Christ on the cross over 2,000 years ago, he died not only for you, but as you. Okay, watch. This is in Hebrews. This is deep theology. I can't unpack it in the next three minutes, okay? But here in Hebrews, it says this. It says that Christ died for all sin once and for all time, okay? Here's what that means. At that moment, God took every sin from every person that's ever been committed in past, present, and future. Did you know some of your kids and grandkids that haven't even been born their sins were placed on Jesus. That's why when you accept Jesus, all your past, present, and future sins are forgiven. The reason we ask for forgiveness from God is, is, is out of relationship and fellowship. It has nothing to do with salvation. All those sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven when you accept Jesus. So watch this, here's what the Bible says. He was the perfect sacrifice once and for all time. Can y'all give me five more minutes to preach this morning? Perfect sacrifice once and for all time. Watch, Jesus died for our sins and Hebrews chapter 10 says, and God remembers our sins no more. He now remembers our sins no more. Now, if the Bible says he remembers our sins no more, what does that mean? That at one time, he did remember them. See, he remembers them no more. That implies at one time he did remember your sins, my sins, all of our sins. You know when he remembered them? When Jesus was on that cross. He called them all into remembrance once and for all time, put them on Jesus, and executed all of his displeasure, wrath, Judgment for sin on his own son who knew no sin. He did that because of his great love for you. Come on, give God a hand for that. So that's why. But because Jesus knew no sin, come on, death couldn't hold him, hell couldn't hold him. He rose from the grave. He has authority over heaven and earth. Now watch, 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 okay? So that's why. We can be all jacked up and messed up and in sin and notorious sinners and all that and out in the wild living and in the pig and in the mud and God could say, no, quick, 
Put the robe on him. Why? Because God's already poured out all of his judgment for your sins on Jesus over 2,000 years ago. So there's no more judgment for you. There's no more wrath for you. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the dispensation of grace where God is not counting man's sins against him. Oh, come on. Man, I feel like preaching today. Isn't this this good news? I love it. I love this. I love that Jesus, he does the lost sheep and the lost coin, and he doesn't stop there. To illustrate this point further. You know what I'm saying? Like when those religious people got mad at him for having all those kind of crazy jacked up sinners in church, it it hit a nerve. You know what he was saying? You have no idea what the Father's heart is about. It's about people. So watch this. God's embrace, it represents acceptance. That robe of righteousness represents that you can be in right standing relationship with Jesus because of what he, instantly, instant righteousness. The third thing he did, he said, put a ring on his finger. What does a ring represent? Authority, authority. In other words, I want my son to know he doesn't have to earn back my authority or there's no waiting period for him to access the power of our family. So in Bible days, when people had rings that would have their family signature on there, and so what would happen is like if maybe you sold a piece of property, did a contract, did debt, whatever, the way they do it, they would uh, make a soft pallet of mud. You could do it on the bottom of your robe as well. You had your family crest. But many times they'd do it with the ring and they would put that ring in there and it would be like their family name. In other words, that family name is backing that debt or that contract or that agreement. It was the authority of the family. Come on, aren't you glad that we have God's authority because we're in the family? So here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying, watch, watch. Here's, Here's what he's saying. I want him to know right away that he has all my authority. I want you to know, listen, you might have been struggling with some kind of sin, some kind of issue. You might be wondering in your heart, can I ever be free from this? Can God ever really change me? Can God ever really do a transforming work in my life? I wanna let you know that we have God's ring and it's the name of Jesus and that name is above every name and God has given you authority in Christ for you to overcome, for you to be healed, for you to rise up and be who he's called you to be. Then he said, and get him some shoes. Look at his old snappy, dirty feet. (laughs) Remember in the story when God, the children of Israel were going through the wilderness and God gave them shoes and he said their shoes would never wear out. What do shoes always represent? It represents the unending provision of God. The shoes represented provision. Listen. God really can meet all of your needs. 
He really can meet all of your needs. But where do we have our faith build up? In God's love and in his, his word? It's right here in his house. It's hard to see your needs met when you're just out there in the pigsty outside of God's house. This is where the embrace is. This is where we learn how to overcome. So I want you to think about it. Watch. The embrace is acceptance. The robe is righteousness. You're in right standing with God. The ring is authority. You have authority in Christ and you can be free. The shoes are provision. God's gonna provide for you. He has a purpose for you. He's gonna equip you to do what he's called you to do. If you're a parent, you don't know what to do, you pray, you trust God, you ask God to send you wisdom or the right book or whatever. Listen, God truly can provide all of your needs. And many times in our life when Jesus is all we have, that's when we discover that Jesus is all we need. And the last thing, the last thing, he says, look, don't, don't bring me no skinny calf. I don't want no chicken. I don't want what you, what I want the fatted calf. In other words, watch. There's a calf that we've been preparing for a very special celebration. And that calf, that feast, that celebration is to start right now. And I love what, what it says here. It says, so the party began. What is God doing? He's rejoicing that his lost son is home. What did the other parts of that parable say? We're rejoicing, the lost sheep is back. Rejoicing, the coin was, was, was found. And it says, so the party began. Can I tell you this? Nowhere in this story does it ever say the party ended. You wanna know why? Because that party is still going on today. Every time we come in the Father's house, God is rejoicing over you. He remembers when you came home. He remembers when he found you. And every single Sunday, we come to God's house in celebration because heaven is celebrating because all of us as lost people have come back to the Father's house. Come on, can you give him a hand? And I'm not gonna get into the older brother, but you know the older brother, he got mad. He wanted, he said, man, this, what, he didn't do anything to, to earn this, Father. And I've slaved for you all my life. See, that's what religion is. Religion doesn't have a right understanding of the Father. They look at duty, they look at rules. They feel like God's a taskmaster. I've slaved for you all my life. He didn't understand who the Father was. Listen, the grace of God is free. God accepts you for who you are. Now listen, listen, listen. Religion will always hate celebration. When people come together and they express passion for God and they're genuine and they're sincere. They're not being fake. We're just real people with issues. But oh man, thank God for our heavenly father who loves us. Religion doesn't like that. Religion likes duty and works. Religion likes quiet. Very, very quiet. Don't raise your hand.
friends, you're, you're being overwhelmed by a spirit of emotionalism. What? Huh? So the party began. Let me tell you who is emotional in this story. God is emotional in this story. God is the one who killed the fatted calf. God is the one who put the robe on. God is the one who threw the party. God is the one who is emotional and he's emotional over you. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Give God a hand. We're in the Father's house. We're in the Father's house right now. Woo! Heaven's rejoicing. You want to know why we're called Celebration Church? Did this sermon help with that? Did it help you understand? We're not here to celebrate our problems. Or, and we're here to celebrate the goodness of God because God is the one who said, my house, the Father's house, is about reaching and rejoicing. And that party began over 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the dead. And it's still going on today, every Sunday when we come to God's house. Come on, can you give him a hand for that? I wanna, I'm gonna change up a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change up a little bit because we're running a little bit late. But the party ain't over. Okay, so look, this is important. This is important, listen. Some of you are in here today and you know what? You've had the wrong idea about the Father. I want to let you know that He accepts you. And some of you, you know it's your day to come home. It's your day to come back to God. Some of you have strayed. I don't like to ask people if they're Christians or not Christians because I think that means different things to different people. Here's what I do know. I know that some of you in here today can identify with that son and you're far from God and you've been out there away from God and that crazy wasteful living and you're hurting I just want to say come as you are I want to say the Father's right here just watching, waiting ready to put that robe on you tell you it's okay but you've got to come. Some of you, I want you to, at all of our locations, I want you to think of your seat as where it represents you in your life right now. So some of you, you're in the house, you're rejoicing. You, you, that's where your seat is. Some of you, that seat represents a pigsty, a place far from God. And I'm telling you, just like that young son did, man, come to, back to the Father. He loves you, he accepts you. Bow your heads, bow your heads right now. How many of you would say this? Be honest with me, be honest with me. 
You'd say, Stovall, I'm away from God. I identify with that prodigal son, and I'm ready to come home right now and feel the Father's love and embrace and forgiveness. I'm tired of struggling with condemnation, all that kind of stuff. If that's you, would you just raise a hand right now, wherever you are, I want you to raise it high. Yes, 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 lots of hands. Lots of hands going up. Some of you, maybe you've never really come into the, a relationship with Jesus. Some of you, you, you are in a relationship with Jesus, but you've just strayed. Here's what I'm gonna do on the count of three. Uh, this represents right here, this altar and the altar at all of our locations, this represents the Father's house right now. This represents the front porch right now. And on the count of three, I want you to come home. And we're all, just like heaven, all of us, we're gonna rejoice and we're gonna celebrate. And as loud as we can be, God is gonna be rejoicing even louder because one of the people, his, his son, his daughter that he loves is coming home. Are you ready? One, two, three. Come on, come out of your seat. Come right down here. It's time to come home. If you need to help somebody get to the Father's house, get a relationship with Jesus, come back to God. If you brought them to church, help, help bring them down here. Come on, give them a hand, everybody. All of our campuses, Orange Park, St. John's, come on down. Come on down, come on down, come on down. Come on, come on, we're rejoicing, all of heaven. I just read you, all of heaven is rejoicing right now. God is rejoicing. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, welcome home, welcome home, welcome home. We welcome you. Come on, keep clapping. They're still coming, they're still coming. Come on, welcome home, come on, come on. Oh, this is beautiful. In God's house, awesome. Isn't it great? See, isn't there a great reason to be happy? How many of you can be happy for no earthly reason, but you can always be happy just because you're found, just because you belong to Jesus, just because you're gonna go to heaven? All right, we're gonna pray. I'd give all of you a hug if I could, and a kiss on the cheek. But I'm telling you who's doing that right now is Father God. He's doing it right now. Right now, we're gonna say a prayer. He's gonna put that robe on. You're gonna be in right relationship with Jesus. All your sins forgiven. He's gonna put that ring on. You have authority in God. He's gonna put some sandals on your feet. And we welcome you home. And the celebration is gonna keep on going. Say this prayer with me. Church, say it as well. Help along those who are praying this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I come home. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for everlasting life.
Lord, I receive my robe. I thank you for my relationship with you. I receive my ring. I receive my sandals. I'm your child. I was lost, but now I'm found. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give my hand, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.